G'day, thanks so much for getting our year-round carnival preview podcast of the Maccabi Diva Stakes and the Flemington Quaddy Legs. Before we look forward and try and help you find a winner, let's look back at some of the greats. Dulcify took the lead at the 200 in second, placing Arbor Shane under the whip. Worry Symbol trying to get up on the rails and Valley of Georgia battling on with double century. Can't win. Dulcify just the leader near the line from Arbor Shane and Dulcify's won it. One by a Prolific's run to the front, Beechcraft end on the outside, Beechabelle coming at him, but Prolific is outsmarted them, the boy, and it's the Gouch going to the line. Weekend Hustle's looking good at the 200. He opened up the margin. He's two lengths to Rita. Like Fantastic can't get there. Hail a real champion at the 100. Weekend Hustler by three. Sarita holding second, but Weekend Hustler all too good. Beats Sarita easily. Latorio. Heart of Dreams got up level with Vigor. Here comes Shocking on the outside. Vigor, Heart of Dreams and Shocking. Shocking racing up to Heart of Dreams and Vigor. Shocking the cup winner. What a great performance. Shocking wins it by a half Heart of Dreams. They come towards the 200 metre mark now, and the runs come Faulkner out after entirely platinum who'd gone to the lead. Rising Romance getting a run through. It's entirely platinum, tackled by Faulkner, then Rising Romance and Happy Trails and Bobang getting a late split. Faulkner hit the front from Rising Romance. Faulkner in front near the line. Faulkner gets in jack from Rising Romance. Down the outside, single gaze and humidors presenting as well. Hartnell at the 300 metres moves up and takes Haydock, followed by Blackheart. Bart and Humidor is launching. Hartnell below the 200. Humidor's a real threat. Hartnell joined and headed by Humidor. Humidor with a powerful run, sprints away. Oh, what a big spring coming up for Humidor. Bolts in. Hartnell sets. Now on PG Podcast Network, it's time for the year-round carnival with Vince Accardi and your host, Racetrack Rolfie. And Vince Accardi from Daily Sexuals. Morning, mate. Good morning, Rolfie. We're looking at a soft track here. Fleming via their Twitter feed put out a one minute from uh, Liam O'Keefe. The ground looks absolutely perfect with the rail back to the true position, a little bit of a Renault. Obviously, the track's a little bit on the new side, but how are you expecting it to play? Well, first, we have to say Flemington's one of the best tracks in the world, if not the best, but it's definitely right up there. From a ground condition point of view, 
the big challenge is this, Ralphie, how much more rain is going to come from today until race day because they are expecting some rain today and possibly more tomorrow. Maybe not the best for the football fans. But the reality is this. From a lane's point of view, firstly, the optimum lanes are generally four to seven, Ralphie. But the way I look at it is anything pretty much from three to eight is about as far as I like to be. Probably wouldn't want to be hard on the fence. This does tend to allow the horses that are on pace or midfield to get to those lanes first and therefore make it a little bit more challenging for the back markers. But if the back markers can sneak into those lanes based on race shape, they will get their opportunity. So I'm not going to sit here and throw darts at the back marker saying you've got no hope. Not at all, but the challenge, I suppose, in a small field like the Maccabi Diva Stakes that we'll start with is the uh, is being able to sling out wide in a small field, yeah? Absolutely. Well, when we say going to be able to sling out wide, if they happen to swing out wide and they're in lane five, yes. happy, it's going to be a happy day too. All right. Well, with this small field, bit of a messy map, I've got to say, when I was doing my work, uh, looking at your race speed profiles, I suppose it's going to come a little bit to uh, rider intent as well. It's hard, yeah, it will. Alligator blood looks the runner. That's going to be a high probability of being... that We are talking about race five, is that right, yes, Rocky? Yes, Yep. With Western Empire. I do see those two runners being the high probability of going forward. The beauty of this is when you look at their profiles and try and bring clarity around how slow will they go in a small field not to use a lot of energy... The, the good part for me is Alligator Blood is the type of runner that has reasonable speed and it isn't going to sort of want to dawdle. And Damien Lane, who's on Western Empire, I think just from default and the natural running speed of that horse, he has to be committed to being a forward spot as well. That's going to be enough to create some speed. I, I'm marking it as just even speed, Ralphie. I don't want to say it, it can be slow. They could jackknife and go slow, but... I feel they're just going to roll out even tempo and then it's going to be a race from there. Is it a two-speed track as far as our, our uh, thought process on a Friday morning? Because I would think wetter the better for I'm Thunderstruck, but uh, because we, we saw, uh, you know, just a fortnight ago, a horse like Western Empire that we know such a phenomenal talent at his best just didn't seem to really get his toe in at Caulfield. No, but someone sent me an a email after, the event, after we did our podcast, Ralphie, that had a report on from the stewards about Western Empire and having some was it bone chips removed or so it had had some sort of a it did have some sort of an issue right that it recovered from so this this is something that is of some concern to me about whether Western Empire is going to be the dominant force that I was anticipating prior to the, getting that information sent to me but the reality is this. If the track is going to stay in the wet on the wet side, I don't believe it's going to be an advantage for Western Empire. Firstly, secondly, yeah, yeah sorry, I'm thunderstruck when we look at this particular horse. That first up run was sensational. Yes, absolutely sensational. Of course, we know this stable. There's no way they're going to have this horse in a super forward position, but just off. Off that one run, very slow race shape, first section, nine lengths below. Beautiful move in the mid-race of around 8.4 lengths. Outstanding last 400 from my perspective when I'm, you know, really 
looking at that data, going 2.7 above. The critical things for me was this, Rolfie. I look at the last 200 metres, there was a one-length de-acceleration. That de-acceleration came from conditioning blowout. Gives you a bit of insight. The first insight for me is we know the horse is going to improve. Secondly, there's no way the horse was at its top. So I can confidently say the horse has come back about a length and a half better horse from last campaign and then even if you go to the very the campaign prior to that there's also clear in evidence it's a length better so i put the big map up put the trend line up saying best ever performance a plus seven high expectation to be able to run in the five range while i'm now very confident it's going to be a plus five plus six horse for sure and we can expect this horse to run somewhere around three lengths above benchmark and what's that mean? It means that's where you're going to have to perform at to be able to beat it. Well, we know Alligator Blood can run to a figure like that. Are you expecting him to do it off a, uh, you know, an in-traffic run? And in this case, you know, the, the, the consensus pretty much is Tim Clark goes on. As you said, you expect him to lead. So at some stage, John Thunderstruck's going to have to run him down. Yeah, if you can't run him down, he'll win. Yeah. Alligator Blood, yep. What's, it, what's your feeling like on a slow track? For Alligator Blood? Yep. Well, when we look at it from a, obviously we put on the wet track indicators. At this stage, I'm looking at its profile. It's, it probably sits around that four to four point five. It is behind. I'm thunderstruck, and marginal behind a bunch of other horses. But when I say marginally, we're only talking about a length or two. This would give an edge to I'm thunderstruck in terms of ground condition, particularly if it got. A lot wetter. In other words, if we get downgrades and we start to see an S7 with the possibility to go in HA, then it becomes a clear negative for alligator blood. But will it get that wet? Doubt it. Doubt right. it. So this is something that we can fine tune race morning. Yep. But if it is where it is right now around that S5, possibly S6, I'm still sitting pretty strong that these are the two runners that are going to be high probabilities of fighting the race out. Uh, to use your phrase, that's aesthetic. So when you look at uh, Cascadian, he's just a warrior on wet ground. He's, a, he's a, got a fantastic record. This track and distance without winning, he's ran some bottlers in the Cantala. But those those races have been big fields of high pressure. Uh, where this is most unlikely tomorrow. His return was fantastic. He's probably going to run to his absolute best. What do you think the race shape will allow him to do tomorrow? He's going to find himself in a very similar situation to I'm Thunderstruck. Yep. The first up run, I felt that there was some advantages for that horse in terms of ground conditions, so I had an expectation this horse would run reasonably well. Finished off very solid. Now, when I look at that, it just sort of clearly indicates to me that the, the you know, Mr. Cummings had this horse reasonably fit. Of course, not rock hard. But yep. reasonably fit. There was a lot of evidence in the trial on the 5th of the 8th that there was a massive switch in conditioning improvement from that one trial that was at 740 back in July to the one over 1,000 metres. Then if I take that view as being a strong possibility, this horse is coming in to this campaign behind its profile of its previous two preparations of about two lengths. Therefore, my expectation is... The maximum I see this horse performing at is around plus two. Yes, if the ground is genuinely in that S7 range, this will help the horse against some others. But I will be 
pretty disappointed if that horse wins. Moanga, this time last year, we're doing this podcast and you're giving it a real good push. He just failed to incentivize. The, the query, I suppose, has to be as he got on with it. His trial leading into his first up run was good. You know what he looked like to me, Vince? He looked like a stallion. He didn't really want to j- just go on with it. Uh, he was in traffic and uh, and some some stallions want to bust their way out of it and some don't. So uh, give us the probably the, the uh, equation between uh, talent and uh, and perhaps tenacity that you're looking forward to with your with your mindset with Moanga. Yes, well, the the first thing we have to sort of appreciate from one perspective is we've got to look at what was the negative with the race shape for this horse first up. Yep. Now this was a, an impact for a lot of horses. I mean, the lead speed was somewhere around twelve lengths below benchmark. This runner was another four lengths further back, travelling six point one below. We look at that mid-race squeeze, Ralphie, and there it is, 13.1. And what I look at is this. I like to – I'm not saying I'm going right down to its entire history, but I just look at the screen and say, okay, let's look at the last 10 performances. That mid-race squeeze, like, was right up to where it typically can perform at. Now, the last time this horse had a mid-race squeeze is 13 or higher. We have to go all the way back to April at Randwick, and that was 2,000 metres. And you know, Ralphie, like I do, that it's a lot easier to have a bigger squeeze over longer distance than a shorter distance. Yep. So this is a great sign. So a little bit of camouflage there. How strong did it finish was very good as well. The The question is this, is it still another runaway? What impact does the, hat, the big squeeze have on the horse in terms of what it's going to help deliver second up. I definitely feel this horse is going to play a significant role this preparation. Is it going to be tomorrow? Well, I'm pinning the horse at this stage to run around two, and it's going to be a bit short of what I feel you're going to need to win. But I'm, I've got a very close eye on it because there may be a possibility at some stage this campaign we can make some good money from this horse. All right, so one to keep on board, but yep. perhaps, perhaps for later or perhaps for multis. Yep. Let, let's get back to business here, Vince. I'm Thunderstruck as low twos odds-wise as we speak. Uh, Alligator Blood, around about $5. Cascadian and Western Empire, about the $6 range. When it comes to an investment, what's your what's your thought process? If we can still get the three-place dividends, yep. I'm all in on I'm Thunderstruck running first three. Yep. That's from a, a from a betting point of view for myself. Yes, I'm going to pay great respect to Alligator Blood. Could I have a different perspective? If the rain doesn't come like it's supposed to come today and we stay S5, yep. come tomorrow morning, I might have to say I have to give this Alligator Blood some consideration as well. But right now, the way I feel and the way everything lines up, even if the track stays wet, in other words, they have no confusion, this horse lines up across all factors. And I'm expecting this runner to have a supreme campaign. The variation is Alligator Blood's very fit, Ralphie. So dry the better Alligator Blood is probably your mindset for tomorrow. Yes. Okay. Well, that's about as deep as we can go into the Maccabi Diva Stakes. Let's not uh, waste time here. The uh, the twenty five hundred uh, race, the first leg of the Quaddy, bit of a bit of a head scratcher here. So the the market's got uh, point and a P in sort of mid threes, interpretation mid fives. 
And uh, then there's sort of a lot of winter form uh, headed by through Irish eyes. Uh, some some good quality stays at the top of the market. The VRC, uh, sorry, the VRC make, make that the uh, the Epsom Derby winner Serpentine having his second Australian start at Bolter's odds. The Melbourne Cup winner Vaughan Declare is at Bolter's odds. Uh, how are you expecting this race to be run shape race shape and pace wise? Nice decent sized field. Generally speaking, you would have this anticipation that they should be able to run realistically up near that benchmark. I've marked it as average speed, but I wouldn't be surprised if they go slower than that. And my feeling around that is is when I went through all the runners yesterday, just, you just, I I look at the QR lineup and there it is. All the horses that are in the black and the black and yellow from just the way I code them. You've got about 10 horses sitting in that frame of around two lengths. Therefore it's, it's compressed and, we're not dealing with horses that are anywhere near what I consider to be that higher end of quality runners. Yep. And therefore, we could just have this could just turn into a softening of speed and tactics. And I look at someone like Jamie Carr, who's you know high probability on a go forward horse. If she can get that opportunity to, you know, really put the anchors on and go slow, she's going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> and therefore, we could all of a sudden go six lengths to ten lengths below benchmark. It, it, there's a chance it could be an outlier race shape, is what you're saying. Absolutely. All right. Well, we'll start with Point Nepean so, as favourite. Uh, one three in a row uh, with a bold front-running ride from Alana Kelly. Got rock-hard fit. Now, to me, the, the head-scratcher is this. Team Williams, that win made it eligible for the Melbourne Cup and gave, gave it the golden ticket, as they say. So there's no reason for them to have it nice and forward. But then, as we all often say, all you have to do is beat the opposition too. So what's your thoughts of Point Nepean? Well, it's hard to fault. That's the first yeah. thing. I do like that part. Currently, from the way I have scored it, it is rolling itself towards that benchmark profile right now. What is it most likely to do in this field? You'd like to really feel, Ralphie, that if this horse turns up and runs like five, six lengths below benchmark, okay, it's going to qualify for the Melbourne Cup, but what, what's that going to mean? You can be another number in the Melbourne Cup, but is that going to make you happy? Well, it could make some people happy, but from this day, you know what it's all about. They want to win yeah, the Melbourne win. Cup. So <laughs> yeah. This would be a good test to see. If it can't run sort of first three or more realistically, somewhere around that minus one or minus two, that means one to two lengths below benchmark, well, oh, I wouldn't be very happy if yeah. this is what happens. And the break's not that long, 119 days. I feel that they would have kept this horse ticking over, very lightly raced. Well, you know, if you run minus one and a half, Ralph, you're going to be on on the podium. <laughs> and winning's a good habit. <laughs> They'll <Yes>. know that. <laughs> yes. So interpretation, bit of a head-scratcher here. So Blinker's first time intent. Let, let's get its rating up. Let's let's try and make it as eligible as anything for uh, for for better races going forward. It's Fleming and first up run I thought was sound relative to a horse with improvement to come. Since had a couple of uh, jump outs, probably didn't see a lot neither, but that's probably just a tick over with this table. And we, we probably see more from the market and the mounting yard pre-race. What sort of score can you give this uh, horse? Well, the key for this runner is really going to be a lot to do with the ground conditions. There's some evidence there that it may not appreciate really wet ground. Yep. So we have to take that into consideration. But the 
I've pinned it on the figures of minus two and working on the basis of a performance that was back in August of 2021. But if the ground was dry, I would have um, been looking to have this score, this horse, this runner a lot closer to benchmark because that's where it really sits. And it's a very lightly raced runner with massive scope for improvement. Has to stand the notice. I'm not going to be favouring it in any in any way to my, I'm not even going to be favouring any runner myself, <laughs> right? But yep. the reality is, with the dampness in the ground, I'll be just watching from a distance to see, okay, let's see how you run, but you've got ability. Yes. And, and, and so what you're saying is, yeah, if, if you're a minus one sort of horse and there's every chance this horse will be tomorrow, you're, you're going to be deep in the finish. Yeah, and the, and the, the QR, which the QR, what basically this is, Ralphie, when we run our algorithms and we, we do a, a range of AI tracking, when we have it coded in that way, and there's 11 runners that fit that range, we already know from the last six years of evidence that the hit rate's around 90%. So if you're not in that zone, your chances are only around 10% of being able to score victory. If you're in that zone, you're 90%. So in other words, what it's saying is there's a big collection of runners there and it's going to get down a race shape to determine who's the likely runner. And there's up to 11 horses that are going to match that profile. Right, so if you so grab your race speed profiles there, the early edition, it's in that that middle section there under the IVR profile. Yep. You use that uh, QR code for yourself. So obviously, there's a quaddy leg here. There will be pe- people, yes, me included, in, yes. in this in this quaddy. There's a lot of winter form, as I mentioned. Um, how do you break down the rest? Probably starting with uh, through Irish eyes and horrifying that there was a nose between them last start. But through Irish eyes, what I liked was at least they went forward. It's been getting killed through race shapes. Yep. It's, uh, it, you know, it lines up well with uh, Point Nepean from earlier this prep. So uh, it's obviously got a level of talent. How are you lining up the winter form, let's call it? The big plus for this horse will be, number one, very solid WTI. You can see, when you look at the raw figures, yep. yep, the wet track indicator, you have a look at that last start. The raw figure was, this is before any adjustments, 10.7. That gives you really good insight that you're in the slow ground. And it ter- returned a figure of 6.1. WTI, wet track indicator. The run before that at Flemington over 2,800, you look at the raw figures, minus 23.5. <laughs> and it ter- returned to 4.3. So you know that this horse, anything that's got S5 to S7, probably H8 range, this horse is going to be able to most likely handle. But if it gets very wet, you it's too late by then, I guess. You're going to have to – well, it may not be too late, but you'd, you'd probably be – less inclined to have it in your quaddy, but if it just stays the way it is now, there's no way you would leave this out of your quaddy. It's rock hard fit. It's going to love the distance, loves the track, it's going to handle the ground, and I'm expecting a top four finish. I'll do, so it's a pretty much please yourself as far as uh, punning's concerned, is what you're saying, as far as uh, slow and heavy, we might get some more insight uh, tomorrow morning, but um, I'll, what I might do, just give me a quick yes or no, maybe, all right, for quaddies. Okay, yep. Serpentine. Oh, absolutely not. Vow declare. Out of all the bolters, it, and I'll get myself into trouble when I like to find a horse that's outside of that 90% range, yep. that's the only runner outside of the 90% that could uh, get in the finish. Yep, so we're covered point and opinion interpretation. Horrifying lines up through Irish eyes. Let's get to the good fight. Which one? The good fight, number six. Number six, the good fight. Yep, yep it's going to fight another day somewhere else. <laughs> T-Waters. 
Uh, no, no, no. Mohican Heights on the quick backup didn't turn up last week, but was checked out of it early. For sure. This is uh, one runner that I uh, have definitely got as a serious possibility of uh, not only being top four finish, but I'm saying big chance of going top two. Team captain? Uh, no, Ralphie. High emotion blinkers on. High emotion. It comes from the right stable, Ralphie, but I'm, I'm saying no. Blue cup? No. What can we tell about King of the Castle, the team, team Williams horse? Yeah, I did have a good look at this horse, Ralphie. That's uh, number 13, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I had a close look at this runner. <sighs> that big win on the maiden, when I put the put the clock over it, Ralphie, it was a little bit disappointing in terms of times. It was only coming up like in that minus five to six range negative. Yep. I did make some allowance though because it was so soft, the victory, and I also got to make some allowance that the ground condition was genuinely wet, so it could be a lover of the wet track. So if you're doing it from a quaddie's point of view, you may want to consider, but for me, I've got to like to see again. Fengard has won its last three at Sand End, all on bottomless ground. I'm well, I mean knee deep, uh, and I'm just trying to save time here, Vince. If it's slow track, can it win? This is number 14. Yep. Slow, not heavy, is what I'm asking. I think whatever track it is, it's not one that I'm even going to look at. Mimi's Award? Yes, this is another runner that has to be given some consideration, Ralphie. And the Moonlight Gambler? Well, that's an interesting name. No. Right. Nice and simple. Okay, let's get to the Mayor's Race 7 on the program. This is a terrific race here. Again, I think the conundrum, Vince, is is soft V drier because kiss on all four cheeks. If someone said, here's your ticket, it's going to turn up exactly what it did, second up last prep in March on a firm track. Wow, what a performance that was. Conversely, Flying Mascot, we know it loves the wet. The Cox Plate Day win was serious. And then you got Iron Benny, the South Australian visitor who was terrific at Caulfield. Foxy Frieda rounds out those single-figure odds. Very good on wet tracks. Uh, resuming, dead-heated first up last start when it was first up uh, at Bendigo at their standalone meeting. Uh, how are you expecting this race to be run? Speed-wise, Ralphie, it's bang on on the low is going to be benchmark. On the high, we, we, we could go as, as fast as plus three. So we... We do have a scenario where it's going to be good even speed with a slightly above average profile is what it's coming in. And, and there is enough contest amongst four horses that are going to ensure that they're not going to uh, dawdle on the speed-wise. So we've got the uh, – let, let, let's pick up with the two favourites, I, I guess, uh, and, and what I touched on there. Kiss on all four cheeks, terrific at 1,400 last prep on firm ground. Good first up, and Flying Mascot looked like a blowout run f first up, but we know it's it's a horse that does improve with racing. Yeah, okay. So firstly, with Kiss on all four cheeks, the big thing with this runner was I, I felt that it came in behind, which was a little bit surprising because I was expecting more, and it returned a minus one. I look at the profile, it was pretty even all the way through in terms of race shape, so the ground condition probably didn't help the horse a lot. But it's definitely coming behind all three preparations, Ralphie. So that's never a great sign. So my view is with these mares, you could be coming in either one run behind in terms of your profile. Therefore, we can see this elevation upwards. And so I've gone reasonably conservative and have a, 
an expectation that somewhere around plus one is where you're going to potentially end up, end up. And the crazy thing is that's actually enough to get you in the top three, which was a little bit of a surprise for me because this is a good race. With the ground conditions, not going to do it itself any favours, Ralphie. So this is a horse that I love to bet on. But I'm not ticking all the boxes tomorrow, which is frustrating for me. So if it's a S6, that, that dampens your confidence? Well, I won't back it. Right. Conversely, Flying Mascot uh, comes from the same race. As I said, gassed out first up. Going forward, we'll probably go forward again. There's a horse last prep, one second up over 1,400. And that uh, Mooney Valley win, I think it's, it was listed as soft five. It was obviously a much more uh, on the inferior side. It showed it could love the wet ground. Where are you assessing its chances? All right. So the first thing is this. I probably should mention this. The difference between Kiss on all four cheeks and Flying Mascot is... Make no mistake, Kiss on all four cheeks, if it was running at its optimum and yep. the flying mascot was running at its optimum, Kiss on all four cheeks is definitely the superior horse. It is does have a class advantage over it, no questions. Now, on the wet ground, a little bit of deception there about how good is this horse really on the wet ground. When I look at it from a profile point of view and a WTI, this is what I'm looking at, WTI, it's not any, it's not any better than Kiss on all four cheeks. It really isn't, Ralph. It's just got victory there right? right it's not a high super wet track runner where you can rub a stamp saying well you're, you're just sensational no it, it doesn't have that but in this race what it did first up very similar to well actually inferior i should say to kissing all four chicks come even further behind from that first up run again does this mean that and this can happen to a lot of these horses right because we're very early in the campaign They've probably still got a lot more work to really get these horses to where they're going to need to be at, optim, you know, in terms of optimization-wise. So no surprise the horses come back three lengths behind last campaign. But I don't like it when I look at the previous campaign, and it was a Bendigo first up. They had intention to win that day. It didn't break benchmark, but that run was worse than that, this last start. And then I go all the way back to Sandown when it won first up back in March 21 where it ran the point one below, it came. it's coming a length and a half behind that as well. Now, all right, there is a distance difference. Maybe that's going to help. So I'm ticking that as a plus. It's going to be in the forward position, high probability of being in one of those, you know, golden lanes. And from that perspective, we're going to put you in as a, as a, as a chance of winning. But I also wouldn't be surprised if the horse doesn't run first three, and there's no way I'd back it. Which brings us to the South Australian visitor, I am Ben A, lightly raced on the up. Wins a benchmark 78 last start at Caulfield. I only mention that for this reason. We're going to get a good price because this horse has this uh, class rise to group two under the uh, figures that you don't use. You, you've got a naked uh, template there. So without uh, any worrying about class figures, what's its, what's its uh, speed on the clock, say? Yeah, well, class is what – it's an interesting word, that, isn't it? Class is important, yes, you're right, Ralphie. But yeah, you got to prove to me that the class structure in place actually really works if you're not a handicapper, right? It works yep. sensationally as a handicapper. But if you're not a handicapper, does it really work? Okay, so 1.6, that last start performance, love that run. If this horse brings that to 1,400, that's the one to beat. Well, I've, I've, well, I do have to say, if we get, again, S7, 
I'm going to be negative, right? Because we don't know. In other words, the difference between wanting to back this horse and not back this horse is going to get down to ground conditions. WTI of 6.8, but we're looking for a track condition that's S5, but definitely not more than S6 because I I don't know. I've got no exposure. This horse could go dramatically in the wrong direction. And then it, it could be a swimmer. Yep. But for me... This is this is how I look at it. If you're S five S six, it's it's a genuine B grade bet. If it's S six, at best it's a C grade bet, or I'm staying out because I I, I can't frank it. But that run last start was brilliant. Two point six lengths below benchmark first section. Between the eight and the four hundred was plus two point eight. Last four hundred was six point two lengths above. And this is the critical thing that we've got to look at. We have to ask ourselves the question. How will you perform a 1,400 for the first time? The data is screaming out that this horse is going to thrive on the step up in distance. The the, the jump out of Strath album was excellent. This team, I can't help but feel, are dialed into this race. That's what all the data is indicating. They're dialed in. It's just going to get down to let's see what happens between now and race start, weather-wise. Barrier four, I imagine Ben Mellum just is going to get the perfect run here. And even though so got back a bit at twelve hundred, but at fourteen hundred, you you wouldn't think there's any need for being three, worse than three pairs back. Uh, well, that's um, interesting that you're marking it out that way. I, I would uh, say to you that all things being equal, Mister Mellon, if he as you know, he's a very good rider. Yep. And when there's, you know, intent from a stable, in other words, like we really want to see where you are capability-wise, makes a lot of sense to me about what you're saying, that this is where we sh- this horse should be. Yes. All right. Uh, we know Fro- Foxy Fruit is very good on wet track. It's got a, a good first-up record in, in quotation marks, given that uh, one it was dead-heated last prep first up at 1,400 and was unlucky. It was dead-heated, but it probably should have won quite easily. Gets the master rolling on board. Will it be too far back under this race shape is my question. Well, it is 1,400, Ralphie, first up, which is beautiful for the horse. Yes. It allows it to sort of to stay in the elastic band. So maybe a little bit of luck might be needed, but one thing that you and I and all the ones that follow us, Ralphie, <laughs> Damien Oliver, he's the grand master of Flemington and Lanes. No one knows him better than him. Yep. Not a Flemington. He's he's as good as any rider on the planet when you get to Flemington. He'll know exactly where to have the horse. He'll be planning a long way ahead. And I actually like if the horse is going to be back. Because like I was saying in the beginning, Ralphie, the only advantage the forward field get is they've got the first opportunity of being in those lanes. Yep. But a runner like this and someone like Damien, the way he thinks is... He could be strategizing, saying, well, I'm going to rest the horse through the first five or 600. I'm going to be aiming for these lanes, and if he's fit enough and ready to go, he's going to get his opportunity because I'm going to have him where I need him to have him. Maybe, okay, there's a chance of Mike getting not the luck you need, but uh, this 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 is a good race shape for this horse. Uh, I imagine you'd, you'd peg her. She, she's better, the wetter the better in, in her, her case. Uh, no. No? No, I'm not. No, I'm not going to say wetter the better because, from a profile point of view, it's uh, pretty much in line with the, all the other runners we just talked about. It gets through it, but it's no star. Yeah. Like in other words, you're not going to get some big advantages. Your advantage is Damien Oliver. 
<laughs> which is a good advantage. That rounds yep. off our most advantage. What can you tell me about the trial of yearning running running in? Because you, know, you talked about intent. This horse wouldn't be surprised if uh, Hawks is uh, look, look at this and saying, you know, I wouldn't mind this race. It's, it's one of group one as a filly. Uh, now to try and put some profile on her as a mare. So which which runner is this, Rafi? Uh, yearning, number one. So number it, one. It, it seemed seemed like it was just trucking through the line in, in its uh, trial lead in at Rose Hill. Yeah, both reasonable trials. They weren't winning trials, but they were reasonable. I did have a close look at this particular horse. If I'm looking, A, from a trial point of view, the horse to me looks behind in terms of where you need to be. And then I look at the profile of this particular horse. He doesn't have a benchmark profile yet. So this will be a good test for the horse to see whether it's going to be able to from a first up point of view, make the necessary requirement. And again, Ralphie, this is a brilliant stable. Yeah. What are they really targeting? Is this a target race? Do you feel? I mean, you've, you've got good understanding about whether they would see this as being very important to them or not. I, I would think they would want it to run well, but yeah, okay. group, group one's to come. Okay. Well, there you go. Here's yeah. the answer. There's the answer. So, all right, well, you've pretty much rounded off. I would say that your thinking here, tell me if I'm wrong, is that uh, tomorrow if we get a S6, no worse, uh, you, you're pretty confident that I am Benet is a nice each-way price. Absolutely. Let's look at this sprint. It's a, it's a cracking race, this sprint. And uh, can we stamp anything? You, well, the market certainly has it because it's got 550 the field. Swats that first start, new stable. Uh, for Mar Eustace, that's uh, that's the starting point for the market at mid fives. How are you expecting this race shape to play? How, yeah, how interesting is that, eh? Good speed. That's what I'm, I'm excited about. 1,200 metre races, you know what can happen. We can have a scenario where they can just sit up. Yep. I, can't, I can't see that happening. But what could happen is, I well, if they all roll to the inside, they're not going to sit up. They're going to roll. If they split, well, it's going to be a bit of a guessing game, right? Yeah. Is that Who's that going to really favour? Well, the first thing I'm going to say to myself is I probably want to follow wherever the astrologist goes and serious suspect. That's what I'd want to follow. If I was a rider going this, that's exactly what I want to follow. I want to go wherever they go, that's where I'm going. Because <laughs> they'll take you into the race. Well, they'll, what they because they're going to set good speed. Yeah. They go wide. To the outside, they're still going to run at a good speed. If they stayed in the middle, that'll be a disaster. If they stay in the middle, and I was a rider and I was on a particular horse that, like, let's say, swats that, I would be praying to be as forward as I can because they're not going. That's the only way they're not going to run fast. You know, in other words, be a genuine tempo. If they just run in the middle, I, I don't see it happening. I just reckon they're going to all roll to the inside. All right, first, uh, yeah, the rail back to the true position, that makes perfect sense after a lot of winter racing. So what's that? I mentioned was the, the starting point as far as the market's concerned. Uh, now, I would assume it's coming to play on this reasoning. First start, new stable, crush the line in a July, jump out to the visual, you can tell me more, quiet jump out since, and they know it's Flemington record. Well, let's look at his last first up run at Flemington. Fourth behind, Home Affairs, Nature Strip, Eduardo. I would call that pretty premium form, but it was at 1,000. How are you uh, assessing its chances at 1,200 first up? Yeah, I'm so glad you said that, Ralphie. That was at 1,000 metres. That's correct. And that's that's the dilemma for me, that it's first up 1,200. Now, we know one thing's for sure. This is, uh, you know, I'm not going to sit here and doubt this stable yeah. of not having the ability to have this horse ready to roll 
at 1,200 metres. So there is that expectation this horse is going to be ready to roll. So I have factored that into my consideration that this horse is going to roll the dice and we're going to say, let's go. What's that mean? It means this. From a range point of view, your optimum performance is, is this stable going to be able to get Swats that to do something like a, a plus four or five this campaign? The only way that's going to happen is because we've seen from history, Ralphie, the mares can continuously improve from one campaign to another. We've seen that happen with a yeah. number of horses over the years. So its peaking performance is around 2.9, and that's at 1,000 metres. Its peaking performance at 1,200 is 2.8. Will this horse run 2.8? I'll be really surprised if it doesn't. If they run fast, it's going to be a negative. If they run even speed, this horse will have its opportunity, and I pinned it at 1.4, and we can have an expectation this horse will be a genuine top three threat. So the slower the better for it because it means you can really unwind. Well, it's going to help it a lot because yeah. if they go hard, see the astrologists and serious suspect, especially serious suspect, already got good conditioning behind it. It's hard not to see this horse saying, we're just, it's going to want to perform. It's going to be, you know, ready to go. Yeah, well, it's race fit and yep. uh, it's his wheelhouse there. So um, we know what serious suspects levels like. I suppose the, the question is what can run past it. You've got shooting for gold most advantage. My question is this, straight form is real form. <laughs> and it's, it's otherwise it's real not form. First first start up the straight at Reed didn't race very well. What that meant, it meant you got a very good price if you ever gave it last start at Caulfield. And many did. It was backed in race morning for a terrific win at Caulfield back around the bend. The question, I guess, is, has Jamie Carr learnt something or been able to learn something back on this horse up the straight to enable it to bring its A game? What's your thoughts? Well, it's it's managed to get itself there by default, in my view, because I didn't want to be negative on the horse, even though it was an 1,100-metre performance where it produced the 1.9, but it's very fit. I didn't want to downgrade the horse because here we are at 1,200 metres. There, there was a number of scenarios where when I looked at this horse's 1,200-metre profile where it didn't break benchmark, there was some real serious issues to say that it could have. Here's the example for me, Ralphie. We go all the way back to 2020. And I want to say this from a form student point of view. I like to roll back and look at information like you're going into an encyclopedia. Like I look at, I go into the Rappo platform, I open it up, and I like to use it like a, an encyclopedia and this is how, you, when you've got depth of history, what you want to look for. I went back and had a close look at this performance. I looked at the first section, 13.7 lengths below benchmark. Well, you know straight away, Ralphie, when you do that, how can you run time, right? Mm. But what we want to see is how big is the energy late? And there it is, last 400 metres plus 7.5. And I go, okay. Radio, there is this possibility, and then I look at that Caulfield run where it ran the, the 1.9, best of the day, right, yep. we, especially when we look at Raws, and I look at the finish, and, and I, I break it all down. There wasn't a lot of movement, but that was the track, the way it played. Yep. So I've got to rely a little bit on adjustments that it was made, but this horse is possible of going somewhere near that figure if there's this – confirmation that with good speed, you're going to get to see the best of this horse. And, th and this will be its chance. And if it doesn't, then don't worry about it. 
you won't don't don't get excited and start wanting to back this horse because then it's just going to eat all your money. Virens Gover lightly raced mare missed two hundred ninety seven days racing prior to this prep. I like that. I like it straight track form. That's a good start, even though it's notionally out of its class. And I was very strong when it won. Big weight drop. The market, I think, will like that. I'm not talking about us. I'm talking about the market. Mm-hmm. And uh, and obviously an elite rider in Williams. How, how do you assess Virens Gover from a clock perspective? Beautiful performance last start, Ralphie. When we look at it from A, ground condition, return to WTI 6.2. Okay, what was the real conditions of the ground? At that point in time, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, we were on a, you know, like a S7 or 8. No, definitely not. We were on the better side of S5. So again, if you've got some give in the ground, which we know we have, this is not going to be a negative for the horse. The way it finished was very solid, particularly in the mid-race. It was entitled to blow out over the last 200 metres, and it did. You're going to look at that last 200 metres. It was a 1.9 length conditioning blowout, which is super. When you see that, you know one thing's going to happen. <laughs> you know, all the stables are different, Ralphie. I, when I look at stables like this particular one, I always factor in the horse is going to train itself. And there is, there's the evidence because they don't, they don't overwork them. So there's always this possibility they're not going to come in finely tuned. The horse is going to get itself tuned. I'm expecting a big run from this horse and a bit of a sleeper in the field, even though I know it's in the market, but I don't know whether they're going to come for it because when you look at the stable profile, the only positive it has is it's got Williams. And yes, like you said, it's got the the straight line track as being a plus, but this horse could be a drifter tomorrow, but it's a sleeper and can win. Uh, we might round it off our, our, our detailed uh, investigation into Stage Man. It's uh, $9. Blinkers again. First up, first run for Danny O'Brien. It said, next time is today the next time. Okay. Well, hopefully we can talk about one other horse outside yes. of that. Okay, Stage Man, again, first up, beautiful run, Ralphie, really. Point one above benchmark, can't fault that. It is behind the Ascot profile on what it is capable of doing, but I didn't mark it as a negative because when I go back to campaigns, it's always had long breaks, this horse, Ralphie. Yeah. And again, it's had a decent break on that first up run, and, and I thought it had plenty of merit, and this horse is definitely capable of more. <sighs> just, Just – not a fan of it if we're going to stay where we are with the ground condition, knowing that it's unlikely to improve condition-wise. And that, and that, for that reason, I just want to say I want to watch it. Who's the other horse you want to mention? Well, the one that we shouldn't dismiss, and this is all going to be, get back down to, let's see how it performs in the yard, it's this horse called Baller. Right. <laughs> yeah, so I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to miss this horse. Baller lines up with shooting for gold. Yeah. So give us some more insight because a nice trial by the look of it. Yeah, that was a that was a trial that gave me insight, saying very close to winning trial. Like if it was in Queensland, I want to back it. Yes, we're in Melbourne. I don't know, right? Because we've got this little bit of issue around. This not a not a great lover of wet, but it gets through it. Like if we're S five, no problems. S six, I still say you're there. Anything worse. I'm, I'm, you know, like I put my hands in the pocket, so I'll just watch you, right? Yep. But if I'm getting a positive parade, I expect this camp to have this horse very fortunate. Look who's the rider. I love that. When I seen that rider engagement, I said sensational. Yeah, this lines up with the trial. 
been excellent. They've got an expectation this horse is going superbly. Last campaign, when it won at Eagle Farm over 1,200 metres, no surprise, not for me anyway, right? 1.6 above, second best of the day. I have not pinned this horse to that profile, although I wanted to. The only reason why I didn't pin it at the 1.6 is because we're coming down to Melbourne. Sometimes just horses don't travel, Ralphie. Yep. And I go, no, nah, I'm going to take a length off. But if you travel well and you, you're where you need to be in the parade ring, this is a this is a high horse of knocking them all off. All right, there's one at uh, double figure odds yep. to look for. But in, in summary, I think your starting points are the slower the better for what's that as far as tempo, I, I underline tempo. Uh, but Verenskove is just the dangerous runner around about the $7 price. Yep. Okay, last race. Uh, <laughs> I've left it, left it late and we'll, we'll probably keep this short because to me, there's probably going to be a good horse or two emerge from this, but it's a head scratcher uh, before the race because there's some promising horses, but have, have any done anything on the clock that stamp themselves? Well, let's let's go to the number four, fast witness. Yep. I, I guess that's the the reason why I want to go there is this horse's broken benchmark. Yep. Mooney Valley, very wet ground. We know that. WTI sharp, five point three comes from the right stable, 0.7 above. I look at the profile. Everything on the profile just says one thing: more improvement to come. There's nothing in the profile that also indicates this horse isn't going to get more distance either. Of course, the negative side is you're doing it all in your first prep, and you don't know sometimes with the three-year-olds when that um, campaign ends, when you're on your first prep. Sometimes it can end short, because yeah. so the deeper they get, the harder it is, but it's got the right stable, right rider, going to pay a lot of respect and that's the starting point now is it a, a runner that i want to just launch into well it's probably no race that i don't want to launch into but it's definitely one that if i'm doing well i'm not going to be doing equality but if i was i'd have that in all right what we'll do we'll do that tomorrow we'll go through okay. a yes no with it with this race because it's a bit of a raffle i wouldn't be surprised if there's a scratching or two race day we'll wind it up there we really appreciate you getting our Early look at uh, Maccabi Diva Stakes Day with the uh, obviously the key deep dive into the Maccabi uh, Diva Stakes tomorrow. Post scratchings and with some more clarity on the on the weather, we'll record our updated podcast at nine thirty a.m.